before we jump in, this is a podcast. I don't think this really matters. Like, no one else can see this. Um, do you want if I show you something? Mm-hmm. I just want to know, like, is this normal? Yeah. yeah. Yeah? It is? Okay, cool. That just felt weird to me. It's like, um, you know, I, I was actually taking a shower, so it was out, and um, my cat started playing with me, and uh, it, 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 it bit me in, in, in this area. And, uh, oh, yeah. It looks oh, hence weird. the yeah the the redness. Of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the redness, yeah. It was totally by accident. Like I, I didn't. Yeah, it looks quite like swollen. It's still very small though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very miniature. That, but that, that that's just a shrinkage from like the. It got a fright because of the cat. It was like really big before. Right. Okay. Um, but like, would you? Am I circumcised now? Is that what you call that? Oh, are you actually referring to that? You yeah. Oh, I thought this was like you were pretending you were talking about that but you actually was talking about something mm-hmm. else there's going to be a big twist at the this end is actually no, just very I'm mature. not that inventive <laughs> okay <laughs> twist I don't have a cat but I still made a cat anyway guys welcome to Dylan <coughs> and Sebastian have a Simpsons podcast today you, you emphasize and like it, it's, <laughs> it's not been that for ages Dylan and Sebastian yeah. <laughs> welcome to Dylan has a Simpsons podcast featuring Sebastian Sanger <laughs> such a long winded title full name me bloody hell full, that's good I mean, that's the, the psychotic an fans are gonna stalk me now <laughs> oh, I mean it'd be pretty easy for them to if you go to yeah. the Instagram you're yeah. tagged yeah. <laughs> it ain't too hard <laughs> yeah, welcome to the podcast. The podcast where we like to send a chill down your spine. Mm-hmm. You'd be fair to say that. That's what we do every week here. Just get get spooky with people, you know. Sure. Just trying to make the big little <laughs> connection to the Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. Anyhow, today we are reviewing Treehouse of Horror thirty three, which is the thirty fourth. No, it's not the thirty fourth episode. It's the sixth episode of the thirty fourth season. And yeah, let's jump well, in. Thirty three, because Treehouse of Horror. Ah, nice. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> even though it's kind of dumb I still kind of wish they did that pun yeah <laughs> it's just it's right there you know <laughs> yeah we jump in uh, we, very brief little opening it's literally just a book with a, a candlelit skull beside it and opens clearly one of the alien tentacles opens up the book the book obviously says Trials of Horror 33 and we go into the Pukaduk uh, Marriage is getting Maggie ready for bed she picks out what book to read her for bedtime She's skimming through all the different books they have, and I had to write everything, every single one down because they were hilarious. Uh, Good night, escaped gorilla, the Puka Duke. What do you people do all day, the Puka Duke? Sup moon, the Puka Duke. She gets confused by how many Puka Dukes they, they have and realizes that she only has one. It's like, oh, that was weird, and chooses that book. A couple of others we see when they pan out is uh, a couple of other children's books they have is Harold the Delusional Vandal, Don't Let the Pigeon Drive Drunk, and The Grumple Who Snatched Christmas. Interestingly, the the first of two references to the grumble in this episode. Yeah, and um, I'm just going to make this clear with you now. I'm not a fan of the Babadook. I've never seen I, it. I, I never liked it. Really? I didn't get the hype around it. I thought it was a very average horror film. Right, fair enough. I, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't... Uh... This was far from average, so... Oh, I thought it was great, yeah, yeah, but i I never seen it. Is, is this storyline pretty faithful to the movie? It is it's very it's, similar? It's a little bit different, but like it is the, the general concept, yeah. The, the children's book and everything like that yeah. and the mom getting possessed and stuff yeah yeah, yeah it's funny that I remember it came out a couple of years ago now I said maybe close to 10 years ago it was huge like everyone being like oh kind of saying that almost like reinvented horror and stuff and you're no, saying that it you really did not is, feel that way it's very average yeah, yeah. interesting I, I, I really hate that it got so much hype because there's plenty of better 
horror films out there. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I must check it out. But she's reading the story, and we're introduced to the Pookadook, who only special people can see, like you. And then the, <clears throat> excuse me, the pop-up points at Maggie. says that everywhere you go, you'll see the Pookadook. And a pop-up with the Pookadook comes up uh, carrying several babies wrapped in rope. And Marge shuts the book. And starts calming Maggie down. She starts like caressing her cheek, saying "baby cheek, baby cheek." She eventually goes to sleep. Uh, Marge then wakes up to Maggie crying. Runs into the room. We see the book is by her bedside, even though Marge put it downstairs. And uh, she tears it up and throws it in the bin. We then cut to the kitchen the next morning. Maggie's made several drawings of the family with the puka duke in the background. And Marge asks if she's still scared, and she shoots a bow and arrow at the window, like a, a child bow and arrow. And the doorbell goes off, and she asks her not to not to shoot anything as their new crayons opens the door it's, it's the book it's still broken but it's like all stitched back together she opens up the book and it says when the pookadoo gets a hold of you you'll change for the worst eliminate the others the littlest one first she then burns it in the barbecue genuinely like this segment actually said to show down my spine these little bits here like it was well done like it actually scary way which is kind of rare for Chaos of Horror she burns it in the barbecue a page falls out saying um burn it in dad's barbecue that's exactly what Puka Duke hoped you would do flame goes into her nostrils and she forms like an evil grin she goes to the kitchen and grabs an axe going for Maggie saying it's uh, time to put the baby down then Homer and Bart rush and he's like Bart and I are building a dojo Ooh, we could use that to chop up the lawn furniture I want to chop the family's getting in the way of Maggie mommy time. I'll make them sleep with the fishes. Cuts to them all with light bags in their bags like, Oh, we sleep overnight at the aquarium. Thanks for signing us up, Marge. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. A sleepover at the aquarium. Yeah. <laughs> what, would, what would that happen? Is that something you could actually arrange? So unrealistic, man. So, oh my god. What a terrible episode. Yeah, the only part of this whole episode that's so realistic. It was just, it was just the fact that I, I assumed she was like sending them off, but it was made up. But we, it, it, when they come back later, it's real. They really were at the aquarium. So I guess this is a real thing. You could have a sleepover. At the I think aquarium. that is a thing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, the one. Why would you want that? The one, the one near me back home um, that used to do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I'm tempted. That must be such a different sort of vibe. I guess. Yeah. I, I, I presume workers stay there with you. I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah you they can, just lock you in. They're going to trust you. Yeah. They're on your own. You're just going to start eating penguins or something. I think that's <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. I guess it's being experienced. It might. Head, it's just it's a sleepover so you spend a good portion of it asleep i i disagree <laughs> with like the concept of aquariums i don't think they're nice but at the end of the day sometimes they are keeping certain sea life at alive. bay and alive yeah yeah um, totally there's pros and cons probably more cons i always but, yeah. even though like now i can say i i don't agree with certain aspects uh-huh. i actually used to love it it was like one of my favorite things to do every other week i'd go to the aquarium every other week every other wow. week i'd go to the aquarium yeah i mean i have fond memories of going to the aquarium as a kid as well but certainly not every like, maybe like once a summer sh- same shit every single time yeah i loved it yeah i mean it's gorgeous like yeah lovely creatures that you'd never see on a regular day obviously penguins are amazing like yeah no i always enjoyed the, the aquarium too always really got me though was um it was this octopus yeah, <laughs> he didn't yeah. like you. No, but he's always shaking his fist at you. He was in a really tiny like tank. Oh it shit! He couldn't even like extend the whole way. Oh fuck! I just felt horrible every time. I was like, "That's this life is just in this little like." Yeah. And o- octopus are smart. Octopi are smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really so, smart. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually think it's octopuses. 
It's a common misconception. <laughs> this guy was not the pussy. He, he wasn't fighting for his rights. Yeah, apparently that's, that's like a misconception. If you look it up on Google, it actually is octopuses is like the correct like octopuses. plural for octopus. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather that. It's better. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck is octopi like? Yeah. yeah. Very weird. But obviously that's a debatable one. Homer's up to Maggie. He's like, "You gonna miss dad, daddy?" And he jumps up at her and he puts her down. And she like pulls at his like his side hairs. They all leave and. Maggie runs off, grabbing her toy bow and arrow, and she hides in the basement. She struggles to lock the door as Marge grabs her axe, and uh, she locks the door and starts fleeing. We then cut to Marge bagging at the door. She starts shouting, going, you let, let me in, you little poop machine. She, she then goes in, and Maggie grabs a doll and lights it on fire, knocking Marge out. She then wakes up, and she's like now tied up to the floor. Maggie shows her her uh, world's greatest mambo that she made for her. And then uh, Marge points out the other terrible presents they bought her, such as a vacuum cleaner that cleans outside as if inside wasn't enough. She then takes out pictures. These are all like classic Simpsons photos. Is <laughs> uh, the one is the family skating, but Marge is sitting and waiting for them with her bags. Another is them at the beach enjoying a picnic while Marge gets attacked by seagulls. And the last one is them celebrating the Fourth of July while Marge tries to get out of flaming Statue of Liberty. And coincidentally, while I was like writing out all these notes I spotted that my I have like a Simpsons calendar surprise surprise and the the one right now for April is a very similar photo it's Marge trying to clean the house and the family are all doing things around her oh okay yeah isn't that weird it was like she's, she's cleaning the like the not the sitting room the other area it's like the lounge area I guess she's cleaning and like Bart has a slingshot and Lisa's playing the saxophone and Homer's burping with a can of beer in his hand and the dog is running around and the cat is jumping at the vacuum cleaner, you know. It's kind of a similar concept. They're all, like, enjoying themselves apart from marriage. Just coincidence. She then escapes and uh, grabs Maggie. Ma 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 Maggie jumps up into the air, uh, falls over the stairs, and marriage catches her. And she's about to kill her. And then Maggie caresses her cheek. And this calms her down. Which I think was nice because she did that earlier as well to calm Maggie down. Yeah. She calms her down and the black ash escapes her. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry that I nearly chopped you up into a million little pieces. Homer and the kids have come home. He's like, oh, we're back. The kids got sick in the pool. The vomit coats are on your purse now. And the black ash starts to come back. And Mary says, stay back, you overdressed hat demon. I know you feed on my repressed resentment towards my family. But I can swallow feelings like a python eating a baby goat. <laughs> It was actually a good present. Thus concludes the first segment, the Pookadook. Do you want to cover each one? Yeah, I reckon yeah. we just, yeah. Obviously, I, I, we'll give the whole episode as a whole at the end. Of course. Yeah, yeah. segment by segment, yeah. Yeah, decent. De decent I really enjoyed it, yeah. Little, um, you know, they they are going for more modern stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, the fact that I don't like the Babadook, but really like this. Like the segment, yeah. yeah I, I thought it was really unique. Nice little moments between Marge and Maggie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. Yeah. yeah, solid, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it too. Yeah, I, I don't know this. I, I haven't seen the Babadook, but I mean, a, a good parody should be able to stand on its own anyway. I, and I definitely think this one does. Well written, very well animated, like genuine, like I said, actually quite scary. Definitely the scariest of these three definitely, segments, yeah. I think. Yeah, just, just well written, really fun. Something else I wanted to say about it. Oh, it wasn't it wasn't particularly funny. There was some fun moments, like, like the aquarium and stuff like that. It wasn't particularly funny. As in, like, I'm saying, like, it wasn't trying to be funny. I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, there's a lot of jokes, but they, they, they didn't work. It wasn't trying to be funny that much. But I didn't mm. mind. It was just telling a good story. And 
It was really, and it was a cool like duo to have in a treehouse of horror. You know, like an expected one, Marriage and Maggie. Definitely. Yeah. 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 No, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Jumping into the second segment, a death tome. Fantastic. So, <laughs> for context for people who haven't seen this episode, it's animated by the same. Uh, animation company that organize that, that that makes animates Death Note, so it's the same animation anime style, and it's well worth the watch. Was, Even just look up pictures if you're curious. I mean, like yeah, the, it was fantastic. Oh my god, animation, stunning! Like obviously, you'd think, oh, The Simpsons changing their animation style, they're trying to make it look like an anime, mm-hmm. would look slightly off, off and basic. But no, it was yeah. fully like. It, 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 it watched like a proper anime yeah it, it looks more like an anime than it does look like the Simpsons you yeah. know like they're totally they went 100% full out with, with, the, with the style here yeah and it was gorgeous but yeah we, we, oh we're... and one thing I will say before you jump in yeah did you see Ned Flanders no I don't think he, so he's I'll show you after we finish this okay but there is a very brief moment when <laughs> Ned Flanders is in the background and I was so proud when I saw it why? Just how accurate it was, or no? Just because he he's like hidden in the background, he just walks past quickly. Yeah, and I was just proud of myself for noticing it was him. Right, right, interesting. Yeah. It was so in kind anime of... form. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I didn't catch it. I I need to see anime Ned. But we see Lisa walking through <clears throat> a anime version of Springfield that was just all stunningly made. She's narrating like a proper like you know hero in an anime she's disgusted by all the pollution in springfield saying that the human race is one cow fart away from total extinction and we deserve it we see ads for extra cut veal baby seal perfume and gender reveal napalm she then finds a book entitled deck tome she starts reading the book it says that whoever's name is written in this book will meet their death and be dead you have to write down how they die and can never use the same death twice she knows this is a prank, but never throws away a good book and throws it into her bag. We cut to her going home. On the news, we see inner sensation Cat Tufu is being held hostage by a jailbird. She writes the jailbird in, into the book, knowing it won't work, but at least she'll get some journals done. She writes, jailbird, heart attack. And we cut to the jailbird holding this cat hostage. It's obviously Snake, and he's like, this great, like, really obvious dialogues. Ha ha! I'm totally going to get away with mur- Oh! Oh my heart! Heart attack! And... Death! What? Lisa's in shock that she actually did die, and this demon appears, who is a Sinigami. It's not ever directly stated, but I'm pretty sure this, this monster is Mole. Yeah, I, I yeah. suppose that makes the most sense. I was watching it wondering... Is it meant to be Mo? I, I, and I was wondering what character it's meant to be, because... Yeah. Like, it would be weird of them to not have, have a, a character, character from yeah. the show. Yeah. So that makes sense. I feel yeah. like it must have been Mo because he was ugly, and like he had a lack of morals, and it, it sounded like yeah, it, it, it was clearly Hank's area. He has the worst intention. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it, it must have been Mo. But he's a Shinigami. He's uh, known in his realm as Steve Johnson. And she's like, wait, your name is Steve? Like, That's a very exotic name where I'm from. It's, it's just kind of weird because he didn't, he doesn't really resemble Mo in many ways. No, he doesn't really have a lot, a lot of his traits, so he's not really well, making any, like, like giving him his hair or something. Mo jokes. Yeah, but it's just the voice is the closest to Mo, yeah. so that's the only connection I made, yeah. Since she wrote in the book, the book is now hers, and she'll find killing more enticing and intoxicating than plastic surgery. Like you, I, I haven't done it, but I, I'm, I'm not against it. She goes down to the kitchen, we see the Homer, one of my, fa- I mean, I just love Homer anyway, obviously, but one of my favorite anime designs was Homer, and Mr. Burns is great too. 
and we see that he's drunk in the kitchen with uh, Marge and Mr. Burns. And he's like, oh, I did karaoke with my employer. A must for the working man. And Marge is like, you're sticking drunk. I'm so proud. <laughs> and uh, oh, it's apparently the job I do best. And Burns says this house is ugly, but uh, thanks to his uh, corporation Global Warm, it's going to be submerged. And Lisa's like, wait, but millions will die. And he says, uh, oh, I know, but I'll be able to dock my, my yacht outside my kitchen. And she says she, she must kill Mr. Burns. And said the Steve Johnson guy is like, oh, I thought you'd struggle. But, but, now, but now you're just like, oh, boom, deck time. So she writes for him to die in a respectful manner, writes down that he'll die in his sleep. And it comes to him falling asleep at the kitchen and he falls on top of Marriage's grill. And they, they pull him out, and he's still asleep, and Marge is just like, how are you still asleep? <laughs> <laughs> and Steve says that Global Warm still has many dedicated employers. And she looks up their board of directors and sees there's many, many people. So she'll need to find inventive ways to kill them all. We then get a fantastic montage. I mean, proper, like, this was not Simpsons. This was, like, proper, like, something you would see in an anime. All these people dying, basically. Someone falls into a sewer. It's like skydiving, and their parachute doesn't work. Uh, someone's lighter bursts into flames while they're lighting a cigar. Someone gets blown into a into a plane's engine. Uh, a crocodile comes out of a toilet and eats a woman. <laughs> and Steve just goes, "Really? A toilet gator?" And he's just like, "I was running out of ideas. I'm going to bed now." And he's like, "What? What about the second page?" Just, just way more people. Another montage. Someone can't get out of a tanning bed. A lion comes out of the toilet. Uh, someone falls into a chocolate fountain and the last one is just a lecturer dies of embarrassment while he, by accidentally urinating in front of his students. <laughs> really good. And, uh, and she's like falling asleep on her bed. She's like, and the last guy uh, liquefied in a blender. And she's always like, oh, you already did that. No, that was puree. It's a different setting. And then cut to town the next day. I just saw a little sign I thought it was funny. It was just costing things over a century without a slogan. So it was a funny quick little sign. We see Ken Brockman is reporting that all the board of directors' debts are rumored to be murders. And Lisa's like, has no clue how they could have guessed that. And then we see like a, a voice like, you know, clearly like, uh, like uh, something has been enhanced to make the voice mysterious. His name is L and reports this person has been writing the debts into a magic book that kills him. And Lisa requests to kill L. And uh, Steve points out that she only used to kill for good in the past to save the planet but killing Elle would only save herself it's like oh I don't got time to explain why I do anything but he says that in order for the the spell to work that she has to actually know the person's full name she then figures out that the L is for El Barto and uh, runs into Barton and he says that he found out by reading her journal and says that her murder spree was a welcome break from Janie is so mean to me and she's like, it's not murder, it's justice. It was a justice spree. She says she can't have people knowing what she's done and goes to write Bart's name. And she's like, well, you want to kill your own brother? Oh my God, I almost killed my own brother. The death tone corrupted me. The stain on my soul will never be removed. Oh, so now you're trying to bore me to death? Ah! She writes down uh, death by space chunk. And we think it's, it's coming for Bart, like the uh, satellite in the sky. But Ash ends up killing Steve, and it's all happy for a second, and then she turns into, like, a, a Steve-type monster. She's like, oh, damn it, I'm a freaking Shinigami. And Bart's like, oh, you could uh, kill Janie. Would that help? No. Maybe. And that concludes the second segment, Death Tome. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, have you seen Death Note? I haven't. I, I presume yeah. this is pretty much the same concept. It's, it's yeah, very similar. Yeah, it's it's. it's I'd like I mean, to see it after seeing I mean, the statement. Now it seems like a really cool story. Death Note. I mean, and and also it's it's one season, so it's like mm. it's not a difficult one to get into. Oh yeah, I assume I assume um, it's one of those animes that went on forever because so many animes are just such a commitment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, they have more episodes than Simpsons. Like yeah. like these animes. Yeah, but, um, I think you'd love it. I think it, I would. It's, it's, yeah. it's very dark. Yeah, like, it's darker check it out. than this. Yeah, like, I'd imagine. Yeah, because it's so um, twelves. But yeah, very similar. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have watched it that are listening. Oh yeah, uh, it's very I, popular. I, I think it's it's one of the series that I, I, I'm in no means a like anime expert, proper anime expert. But yeah. it's definitely your own experience. I've seen a fair few, and I think it's like definitely one I'd recommend first. Mm-hmm. It just in general to anyone because it's interesting. Like, it's very adult as well. Yeah. So yeah. And it's not a commitment. Yeah. They're, 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 they're... It doesn't have like questionable underage naked uh, girls in it, which seems <laughs> to be such a common thing in enemies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I'm to check it out. Definitely. I mean, it was definitely one I was interested in anyway. I watching the segment and loving the segment and being very intrigued by the whole storyline and the setup I definitely think I like that note it is, it is a manga as well right it's a manga yeah I presume the manga has been going on forever or maybe not I don't know no. I think it might still be a short one oh okay yeah, yeah. So very reference. you find so. a lot of the best ones are just like yeah standalone. one and done sort of yeah. thing like yeah fascinating but yeah I I, I love this segment uh, speaking for someone who hasn't seen that no I just thought it was a great storyline stunningly animated um, I love the Steve Johnson character Lisa's morals throughout were very well done and the way she questions it and stuff and yeah so it was a great experimental yeah. segment no, I yeah. agree I thought it was great animation style just Stunning. absolutely solid yeah great little story perfect mm. choice of characters of course um, and they just they delivered the, the whole structure the goods really quickly in a great way and yeah, yeah yeah totally I, I, I think speaking for the whole episode I, I think the animation was stunning but obviously this segment was the yeah. highlight because it was clearly uh, very experimental very different than anything they've ever done it was so far exactly, away from yeah. w- the, the Simpsons style but like in and the best way what, possible this is why we love Treehouse of Horror as well because they can, they can do, do this so. stuff you know like this like, yeah I think they 100%. should be able to anyway since the show's been going on so long but, yeah, yeah you can do an episode that's not a Treehouse of Horror anime in a different style yeah. and I'm not going to complain you know what I, I mean I would love to see like you know um we watched that South Park episode the other day where um, they're like ninjas. Oh yeah, the classic episode. Yeah, yeah where where Butters gets the yeah. the chain in his eye. Yeah, the blade. Like, how cool would it be if Simpsons did something like that? I mean, they did, but like, you're saying like a whole like, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that'd be like, awesome. They, yeah, they that would be great. Yeah, I remember watching that episode, just thinking like, you know, the fact that Trey Parker and Matt Stone obviously make a whole episode of South Park and Six Day is like it must have been so painful for the animators when they came to them with a script where yeah. half of it isn't in the, re- the usual style it must have been like oh fuck yeah. <laughs> that was definitely an all night oh 100% yeah because they had to do a whole new designs for the characters and also animate it in a style they're not used so to you like... can sort of tell that they didn't animate it like fully like it was perfectly very, yeah. like just when they move, a little choppy, just, like very static, and which yeah. is the same way that the characters in South Park move anyway. Like, yeah, it, was, yeah. it has to be the case when like you you couldn't animate something like this that tome in a week. You know, it has to be that standard. But that's cool. what makes the show so great and so fresh too. Is that it always has like this this raw quality to it because they didn't give themselves. They didn't overwrite it. Like, they, they, they couldn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. almost, that's, that's like the, the charm of South Park. That same formula has worked for many years now. That's so. on the 25th yeah. season now, I think. Mm. And it's just as good as ever. I love yeah. South Park. If anything, yeah. I think it's 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 on the up again. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 a little, I don't think a South Park t- ever, ever dipped. Yeah. 
Like, no. I don't think it ever properly dipped. No. But I feel like... There's seasons that are better than The others. recent episodes we've watched have been really good. Solid, really, yeah. Really, really good. The Jet Chat GPT one was great. The one yeah. with the toxic work environment. Yeah, yeah. The late season is out there. People haven't if seen anyone, it. Just fantastic. I mean, if you're a Simpsons fan, you probably not the exact same thing, but you yeah. probably liked South Bay. Like they're close enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this won't be my recommendation of the week, but but South Park is the new South Park. Give them a go. South Park is my recommendation for life. It's just a great <laughs> show, and if you haven't seen it, challenge yourself, you know. But yes, yeah, jumping into our final segment, you know I love this one, yeah. Simpsons World. <laughs> so we open up, and it's the scene animated in that classic season four style from Marriage versus the Monorail where Homer is showing the family his workstation and Marriage opens up uh, one of the cabinets and sees a family of possums and uh, two drunk guys join in. I call the, I call big, the big one, one Bitey. Yes. <laughs> we all call him Bitey. Dude, dude, what if Homer was drunk during Monorail? Which fun fact I'm sure is the reason why they threw the line in here is uh, it's one of Matt Grady's favorite lines in the whole show. <laughs> Where he okay. goes, I call the big one bite. Yeah, classic. This is one of his favorite lines of the whole show. His favorite line of the whole show is coming up also. I will oh, okay. I will brace for anticipation there, yeah. Um, and then the, <laughs> I don't think it's something you need to get nervous about. Why are you sweating? Um, Sorry. <laughs> one of the drunk guys is like, uh, oh, what if Homer was drunk like during Monorail? They start pouring beer down him and he starts to glitch out. So we see that this Homer is a robot during a theme park. Basically, and he starts saying all of his classic catchphrases. He goes, "Oh, do woohoo, stupid sexy Flanders, why you little?" And he just starts starts like strangling nothing. An announcer reports that uh, Marriage vs. the Monorail is experiencing technical difficulties, but there's many other rides in the Simpsons world that you can enjoy. We would love this. Oh my god, are you this kidding would be incredible. me? Incredible! I would be erect the whole yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> it would be an absolute dream come true. I mean, the the Simpsons area in Universal Studios, as you've been course, to. I mean, yeah. that was honestly one of the happiest days of my life. I was in love. Like, yeah. I went. Yeah, I know you went to the one in Hollywood. I went to the one in Florida. I'm not sure. What, I, I think they're pretty similar. I think the, by the sounds of it, the one you went to in Florida is, is is bigger and better. Yeah, well, that one's like a proper theme park, whereas like the one in yeah. Hollywood is like an extension to the exactly. tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the big one there was the Harry Potter. One world like that was the one that had like the most rides and well, that's also stuff. gigantic and crazy in in universal studios orlando also i went on that was the only time i ever queued up for a long ride i really wanted to go on it was harry potter and the forbidden journey i waited an hour to go on that ride oh, and nice. it was worth it it was a great ride so good the oh, bit yeah. you're playing quidditch just oh, made yeah. me so happy i funny story um if i may about yeah. uh the harry potter world when i went in mm. universal studios was um I was on the, this ride. I can't remember what it was, but it was like where you went through all the Hogwarts and stuff. It was crazy. That was that would have been the yeah, been journey. Must have been it. Yeah, and uh, it broke down. Halfway. Oh shit! It was in it. Yeah. Um, they fixed it very quickly, but then they said, "Oh, you can have a like another. You get to go straight. You go again. Yeah, through. yeah." And it must have looked like I was famous or something because I had like the cap. <laughs> you went straight through. I had like the cap and sunglasses on. <laughs> I, had, I had the British accent, and the, like, oh, yeah. and, and the security guards were like escorting me to the front of the queue to get on the ride. Oh my god, he must be like an actor on the People up and were, up. like turning around, like who's this guy? Yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. must be like a, a Netflix show I haven't seen yet or something. Yeah. <laughs> He's on the up and up. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I remember when I went on when I went to Disneyland in Disney World in Florida. We were on the Stitch ride. Which is all indoors, like this indoor experience where like you're on the ride and like Stitch like uh, breaks the ride down basically and stuff. But that's the theme of the ride. But then the ride actually broke down. Oh, we nice. didn't realize, um, and all the lights went off. 
and nowhere like it was pitch black and I remember thinking to myself it was terrifying I remember thinking to myself this is what it would be like to be blind right like yeah. I could see nothing like absolutely nothing absolutely nothing like yeah. I was with my mom and my stepdad I could not see them I could only hear them it was really surreal you can, clo- you can close your eyes and be like oh like this is what it's like to be blind but, but there's still you actually open yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Like, I'm aware my eyes are open right now and I can't see jack shit yeah, yeah really really frightening I was actually that same trip actually with the Pies of the Caribbean ride and that one broke down and we were just stuck in like the little area with the little animatronic pirates singing Yo ho yo ho Pirates oh life for God. me For like a half an hour <laughs> It was miserable Yeah horrible Oh yeah I mean, Privilege Wonderful experience Being in Disney World They were just both like You know <laughs> Horrific experiences yeah. But yeah the, the, the robot starts breaking down Workers come in And start observing This Homer robot It's like stuck in a cash raise loop It starts going I am so great I am so great From Homer goes to college yeah. He starts going Where's my burrito Where's my burrito I'm king of the world they, they shut the robot down And toss him into A pit with several other Like broken down robots One is Chalmers Hibbert Disco Shoe And several Nelsons mm-hmm. Which I think just meant Like he's the most Broken character Yeah <laughs> It's a good great, reference Great little yeah uh, so good I tried my best I don't know if I succeeded but I definitely got close I tried to catch every single reference in this segment because mm. there are so many so bear with me as I do that the, the, they're passing through Springfield World on the way to repair this robot we see old man yelling at Cloud Lisa and her pony uh, Big Butt Skinner from Bart's Comet the the Homer car from the, the episode of his brother Camp Krusty Stampy Mr. Plow uh, Moe and Boxer Homer like on the on the hang glider in the episode where he becomes a boxer uh, Bart the General Troy McClure's house the land of chocolate Hank Scorpio and Lisa and Bling comes Murphy like jamming out together this is all we see while they're on the journey to repair Homer they then head to the base which is hidden in the Springfield tire fire they then take off their, their hazmat suits and we see that they're the real they're white people with like with five fingers so like you know this is the real world basically we're not in Springfield we're not in the Simpsons universe. Uh, the, a man then asks the woman how her date went with the props guy, and she's like, Oh, he's so arrogant. Just because he's in charge of Sideshow Bob's rakes. Okay, we get it. There's a lot of rakes. The Homer bot then wakes up, and he's like, oh, What the frosty chocolate milkshakes is this place? He then sees a graph of his, his intelligence and turns his self awareness all the way up. And he asks the workers where marriage and his family is, and they say that though. He may feel like he's a man. It's just programming. He threatens to kill them all, but they say that he's monitored to only kill humans, or monitored not to kill humans. He trips over a table full of tools, killing them both. Like, uh, sorry. He then walks through a room of broken robots, and as he walks through, we see Frank Grimes scratchy with his eyeballs in his mouth. Uh, Lance Murdoch, who's the Daredevil from Back to Daredevil, way back in season two. Rainier Wolfcastle with his uh, melted goggles, which is another one of Mac Raiden's favorite lines, which is in Radioactive Man in season seven, where he goes, he's wearing the goggles and like the nuclear waste comes at him, and he's like, "Ah, right, the goggles, they do nothing." We can find a room of Lisa's, and again, there's loads of references in here. We see Lisa on ice is there, the 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 summer summer like cool Lisa from Summer Four Foot Two, the Evita Lisa when she becomes president. President of Sprinkle Elementary, uh, the Beauty Queen Lisa, Smart and Smarter Lisa, 22 short films about Springfield Lisa, where she has like the, the gum sucking her hair, and Homer turns on the regular one. He tells her that they're not humans, but they're IP. <laughs> IP. Yeah, you, you, you gotta help me. 
she's essentially she has to work in her diorama for the telltale head he then turns up her self-awareness she's like oh my god we're mascots for a tv show that's not being good after season 45 <laughs> which isn't even that absurd they're only 11 this years really not no, no. <laughs> they're only 11 years away from that and we, as they pan out with you there's more laces in this room one is lisa with her braces from um last night's the springfield the florida lisa from the casino episode uh, Lisa, when she drinks the the water in the at, in Duff Gardens, Lisa's wedding, where she's an adult, and Lisa the clown, where she becomes crusty psychic, and she's like, "What is life having a big existential crisis?" And Homer turns her intelligence down or her self awareness down slightly. It's like I can handle being a robot. <laughs> Beautiful line from Homer here. He just goes, "Look, honey, we have to accept that not being real is just a part of life. I know the love we feel is real. Let's get out of here. Now let, let, let's let's find the family and help me find the hottest marriage." You can cut to, they, they have assembled Bart, Marge and Maggie, and they're attempting to break out through the main entrance. And Bart's like, should we wake, should we wake up a, a grandpa robot? And Homer's like, no time. And we see a room full of grandpas. We see a drag queen grandpa, a black and white grandpa from a flashback, the World War II grandpa, grandpa when he was a boxer, and matador grandpa. And Homer presses the button, just crushing them all. We didn't cut them in the park. Theme back again, we see a flying pig from the vegetarian episode. Poochie's walking around and they pass to the exec theater to show in the Itchy and Scratchy movie. Homer's like, okay, catch freeze everyone. One of my favorite bits. Mmm, beer. Don't have a cow, man. Um, dinner's ready. So self-aware. I love yeah. that. She really doesn't have a catchphrase. I guess the closest thing is Homer. But that's like a yeah. catchphrase about another character. Yeah. <laughs> poor Marge, man. Poor, poor Marge. They, they, and, and as we're walking through, we also see Marge in the Springfield Connection when she becomes a police officer and the B-Sharps performing on top of Moe's. An Australian fan, which I presumed the reference here would have been to Four Figure Discount, which is the biggest Simpsons podcast who are Australian. I presume that's why the superfan wasn't Australian. I think he'd probably be right saying yeah, that. For yeah. them, I hope so. That's That must feel super cool for them that, that that's the case. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And they are massive. So they are yeah. the biggest Simpsons podcast. Like, yeah, so... Uh, Australian is so specific. So I feel like that, that, that must be the reference. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, the, the Australian fan walks up to Homer forcing him to go into the hedge. That classic meme, obviously. And they're just shouting, meme, meme, meme. And he goes in and he's like, oh, I'm so sick of the hedge. And then Bart... Uh, Standing outside Burns Casino turns off the setting that lets the, 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 that makes them preserve human life, and so Homer throws humans into the hedge, and like blood starts pouring out, and, and an announcer warns all the humans there to evacuate the area. Seeing all the parts, other parts of the park, basically, and we see Homer uh, jumping Springfield Gorge, and we see people buying pretzels from Marge. They start to flee, and they run into Ralph, and he's just saying all the classic Ralph lines, he's like my cat's breath smells like cat food. Marge's like, that's nice, Ralph, but we're kind of in a hurry. I choo-choo-choose you to die. And then multiple Ralphs appear. And yeah, so Ralph is back. Ralph is back. Oh, he was never gone. What do you mean? No, but you know how, like, um, they they started showing him less. Yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. He's a beloved character, but he's one of those ones that, but like... Wasn't there, like, complaints or something about... Well, that was seasons and seasons ago. I think oh, we okay. still see Ralph pretty regularly. Uh... No, I don't think, no, it wasn't complaints. It was that the writers just kind of got sick of writing him. Yeah. Because he's such a kind of one-no character. Like, he's stupid and that's kind of it. He's just really dopey. Uh, yeah, apparently they got really sick of writing him and then there was complaints that 
people missed him basically yeah so they wrote him back in but apparently then after that he became one of their favorite characters to write for again oh okay but this, they just kind of like needed a break which i understand actually a similar thing happened i'm just listening to commentaries now so i'm like finding out loads and loads more like trivia that i never knew it was also a thing for a minute that like their favorite character to write for was mr burns because he has no morals which is a great character to write for course, yeah. and also he's rich you can do anything <clears throat> with him he Literally, has like yeah. an endless amount of money um and but, as you know he's my favorite of course so, he yeah. is yeah yeah <laughs> very well known was he your apart from homer he's your favorite outside the family or is yeah. he just your favorite i think he's my favorite in general you like more yeah, than homer of, yeah well well as, makes sense because you're like such a bad person <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah i'm extremely rich with no morals <laughs> no um I, yeah no i think he's my favorite character wow okay. every episode he's in i love he's the best like yeah, yeah. even when we watch like the classic episodes together you i i, I can always feel you lighting up when mr Price comes yeah. into a scene because you always know it's going to be hilarious yeah yeah hilarious. he's a golden character but yeah apparently he was like their favorite character to write for for ages before i just said he has no morals and he's rich so, like that's a perfect person for anyone to write yeah. for freedom but, yeah the freedom exactly but then, then because they wrote him so much he got sick of him you know so that's just the thing that's obviously going to happen when you have so many characters to choose yeah. from as well. It's like, oh, we can't keep doing Mr. Burns when we have 50 other characters yeah. we can write whole episodes about. But yeah, I mean, he is one of the best characters. That, that, that's just almost objective at this point. He's He has the best episodes, some of the best episodes of the whole show. Yeah, multiple routes come in. Lisa's like, great line. If we want to escape with our delusions of being alive, we have to fight. So then Bart steals a nunchuck from the whacking day Homer and kills a Ralph. Homer grabs the stonecutter's rock and kills our elf. Just great references throughout. Uh, Marge throws the angel skeleton from Lisa the Skeptic at another one. And then Bart grabs his multiple uh, megaphones from the season 8 episode, The Secret War of Lisa Simpson. By the way, I did not research this. I just know this. Okay. <laughs> I'm a loser. Um, and it's like, you know, going to megaphone saying, testing, testing, just kills multiple routes. Then Lisa kills one with the, a makeup gun and brilliant one. Homer grabs a t-shirt cannon and kills multiple routes. <laughs> and, and, yeah, you can say it. Um, oh, never mind. You don't know her name. <laughs> <laughs> I set you up there. Kills, kills more Flanders That's as well. <laughs> kills more Flanders as well. Great, great little references. Wait, let's, let's do that again and cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kills Maud Flanders. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not kind enough. No, <laughs> anyway, that wouldn't look natural because you said it so enthusiastic. And then he kills both letters. <laughs> you, just, you can hear the cut. Yeah, exactly. And then he kills both letters. <laughs> um, a bunch of rounds start swarming in. So Lisa Bart and Lisa just surrender. But then Marge comes storming in in her canyon arrow from the episode where Krusty becomes a standard comedian. Uh, the Last Temptation of Crust kills off a, bunch, a bunch of robots basically and as this happens we also see um, the burlesque house and a naked marriage and Homer in the hot air balloon from that episode in season 9 that I can't remember the name of and yeah we, we also hear one of the rounds just going dying tickles then <laughs> start driving past running over multiple people and Lisa's like we wash out those people are real she's like so are we and they pass through a statue of Matt Groening holding hands with Bart and they knock over Matt, which is obviously a reference to the statue in Disneyland of Walt Disney holding hands with Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Yeah, really good. And they then hide out and they, they, they escape uh, Simpsons World and they hide out in a restaurant and Lisa's like, oh, what do we do now? And Homer's like, live out the rest of our lives. Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers comes in, so it's revealed that they're in Bob's Burgers. What can I get you, hon? Whoa, turn off the headlights. You got big eyes. Oh, the cheese got left out, so it's a little sweaty, but you never know. Forget I said anything. Take your time. Take your time. 
Sweaty cheese, sweaty cheese. At the end of the day, you're still cheese to me. Alright. I have never seen Bob's Burgers. I said it was still cool to see her in it anyway. Yeah, fun little I reference. Think you'd like it. I definitely think I would. It yeah. seems to have that Simpsons family guy, American Dad type quality to it. I'll definitely get to it. And I love Hey John it's Benjamin. It's a very comfort show. Yeah, I yeah, say. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, it definitely has that similar kind of vibe. Like you stick it escape. on like the last thing before you go to bed and you just feel nice. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely will get to it. I, I'm looking forward to it. I love Hey John Benjamin as well, who voices Archer, yeah. as well as Carol and Family Guy, the guy who owns the convenience store. He's, I don't think he has made such a prolific voice acting career. Like, he must have made millions just doing his same voice. I know, I know. <laughs> Like, he plays Archer and Bob, who have nothing in common as characters one is a secret agent and one is a family man who runs a burger a burger restaurant and he does the exact same voice for them yeah. i love it you it's can hear great. he's just so relaxed he's not even trying no, he's literally just, literally yeah. he's literally just talking like this and he's clearly made millions <laughs> very cool but we then pan out and we see that they're in bob's burger land and we see multiple other areas uh so they also have a south park park and this the face for that is stan a family guy town the face for that is shuey Futurama, Rama, Bender, Big Mouth Mountain, The Horror Monster, Rick and Morty Mayhem, Rick, and SpongeBob C, and it's the, the pineapple. Mm. Which I say would be probably all the biggest anime shows in the world, at least right now. In the Western world, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was cool, and I would happily go to any of these theme parks. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't pan out. This concludes with the book from the start of the episode again. They closed the book. Either Kang or Kodos, I, I, I never know which one. Uh, go, uh, oh, another tree has a horror in the books. I, I get it? Like, yeah, I, I got what little there was. And they turn to the last page, and it, it's a picture of them that says epilogue. And it's like, what the hell? That's too freaky. And they go to the front of the book, and it just says exactly what one of them just said. What the hell? That's too freaky. And they run away screaming. Mm. And this concludes an absolutely fantastic tree has a horror. Oh, Made me so just... happy. Great, what an yeah. immense improvement yeah. from the last one. Apart from like the last one, obviously sucks, but the other two <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just fucking fantastic. It really it? was. Like, yeah, it really made me like, happy. And honestly, when I was going into that last sketch, mm-hmm. I was slightly skeptical because was, of how good like, that tone was, or yeah, because of how good the other two were. Yeah, I was like, what are they gonna do? Because like, it is they... pretty common that yeah. at least one of them is a stinker. And I was know? like, okay, what are they going to do? This, mm. this doesn't look like it's going to be... This looks like it might be a bit boring, blah, blah, blah. No. Nowhere near. Threw me yeah. off guard and it was... I mean, personally, my favourite of the three. Yeah, same. Really, yeah. yeah I, I, I thought I of it was the Death Note same. one. I, I yeah. love the Death Note one, but yeah. It can, like, I would actually I would... say... I didn't think about this, actually. I would actually say they all got better as they went on, which yeah. is the perfect way to do a Treasure Horror. Exactly, yeah. You know? save the best for last. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was just brilliant, man. You had... A re- the first story which is really nice and contained in the house it was a classic treehouse of horror yeah do you know what I mean yeah Where totally one of the family members goes a bit crazy yeah it was and, simple and, and but in a good that. way it's, it's comforting and yeah you had the second one which was just all out this was the best formula I think because then you had the second one which was Very just true. like completely different experimental mm-hmm. um, going for something just completely out of the norm yeah and I think having the most experimental one be the middle one is pr- a pretty works. good choice yeah. as well yeah and then you had the third one which was them really being creative and Simpsons and yeah and but also like a, a complete love letter to the fans too yeah. you know um, so it's just great man yeah like ge- genuinely I, I mean by far one of the best Treehouse Horrors in recent years. In years, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. I actually will give it a nine out of ten. 
yeah it was, it was that good i think it yeah no i really that good i 100 agree with you yeah we we linked up this week that's the exact rating i gave nice. it as well yeah I, I i just said every segment landed which i i, I think they've done a generally good job of keeping two other horrors fresh and original and fun last year's season being a being a major exception yeah. but there's still like usually like at least one stinker in the mix um there's even somewhere there's like two bad ones and one good one but this one every single segment i loved you know, uh, I think incredible that animation in all three of them, but particularly in Deck Tome, obviously some genuinely scary moments in, in all of them, I would say, particularly in the Puka Duke. And I said Springfield World just made me smile. It just made me happy. It just felt like for for fans, it, it, just, it felt like the, the, the writer's way of saying, like, we see you, you know, we yeah. appreciate you. Here is a reference to some of the show's greatest moments, but in a way it didn't feel tacky. It was done in a really inventive Definitely. way in this theme park and having them be these these, these animatroids, animatronic robots. Um, and it gave them the freedom to actually do that and get away with it. Yeah, well, yeah, hundred percent. But it also sort of hacked it as well that they would like they they knew that they were the family and they wanted to escape and just be together and stuff. It was done quite sweetly as well. Like when he says. You know, we, we may not be real, but I know the love we feel is real. Like, it was just done so well. Such a great time. And every single reference made me smile. I think it shows that there is still so, so much stories um, you can tell. And so much different areas they can take through as a horror series. And it felt like effort and love was put into every single segment, you know? Yeah. Like, like last season, it, it, it didn't feel like... It just felt like they were like, oh, we have to do another as a horror. You know, here you go. Whereas this one, it felt like they really put their all into every single segment. Like, they wrote it... They rewrote as much as they could. The animation was stunning. There was no shortcuts in any of them, I, I didn't no, think. No, you know? not at all. No, there really wasn't. Yeah, 9 out of 10. Great trails of horror. And Give it a watch. I, can I just say, yeah. I don't want to jinx it, mm. this season so far has been solid. There hasn't been a bad <laughs> there, one in the bunch. There really hasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, what is this, the sixth episode? There hasn't been an episode I didn't like yet. Yeah. It's shocking. surprising. Yeah. There's always some. Like, we started on the one we did with Dave, Habia's Tortoise, which I thought was a great episode, but I, I, that's probably the weakest one we've done so far. So yeah, surprising. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, has been super, super solid. Great to see. But yeah, jumping into the news. Live from London City, it's a very bad but slightly improved impression of Camp Rockman here to let you know it's time for Simpsons News. Two crazy pieces of news this week, and they're all related to basically the Simpsons predicting the future. So literally only yesterday, as of recording this podcast yesterday, two things came out that were literally referenced in... A singular scene in The Simpsons. So that's pretty fucking weird. So basically, it came out yesterday that Trump has been arrested for 34 felonies. He's going to get away with it. But he has been arrested yeah. for 34 felonies. And also, the trailer for Barbie came out and took the internet by storm. And have you seen it? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I don't I know what the well. hell this movie's going to be. Well. It doesn't look like it's going to be a parody, but it has to be. I saw, the cast um, sensational. Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach are amazing. Yeah. It has to be a good movie. I saw um, a meme. Yeah. And it was uh, like one of those... It was probably from a scene from Batman, the new Batman film. The Robert Robert Pattinson, Pattinson one, yeah. And he's like, you know, he looks very like emo in the film. His hair's like all... He is emo, yeah. He's fucking and, playing Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just like him like standing there with like looking all like sad and stuff. Yeah. And just like 
one ticket for Barbie, please. <laughs> <laughs> you will see people like that, though. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But I'm actually quite excited. Yeah, me too, man. Um, That's great. It's, and, come, it's and, coming out the same day as Oppenheimer. It's gonna be, this going to be a good weekend. Yeah, and I'm obviously very excited for that. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to lie, man. I am still a big Ryan Gosling fan. I love Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I mean, that's like, not an unpopular opinion, is no, it? No, yeah. He's the male actor. It's, it's, he's so versatile. He's recently, like, people think he's, like, fallen off or, like... He doesn't do things done. as much. I, I think he's great. He doesn't do things as much, but I think... I know it's, not, it's not an unpopular opinion to have, yeah. but I do love Ryan Gosling. But I, I, I think it's like people see him so much as being, like, a pretty boy, you know, that they kind of attribute him to... Who would be another example of that? Like... Pretty boy actors. To be fair, they don't really like get leading roles in movies anymore. No, I'm talking about actors like. Uh, to be fair, he's a good actor now, but like a couple of years ago, Channing Tatum would have just been like an average actor who was getting lead roles in movies because he was yeah. hot. I, I think people attribute Ryan Gosling to that type of actor, but he's actually oh. just an amazing actor. But the thing is, you have to he's look at the his, super his, versatile his catalog as well. Yeah, he's done films that aren't Hollywood blockbusters. No, he hasn't. He's done indies. I look at like says three examples at the top of my head, like Drive. Um, one God. of my favorite movies, The Nice Guys, yeah, and Lars and the Real Girl. Those are three exceptionally Blue, Blue different Valentine. performances. Yeah, Only totally. God forgives. Blue Valentine. Oh, bro, you have to see it. No, I've seen that. now oh, you'd love it. It's so your kind of film. Is that the David Lynch movie? No. What am I thinking of? Uh, Blue, Blue Velvet. Velvet. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Blue no, Valentine. You'd love it. Okay. You'd absolutely love it. It's so your kind of film. It's a yeah. romance. Oh, okay. It's got uh, Michelle Williams in it as well. Oh, um, yeah, and they're great. Too. Didn't they also do the Notebook together? No, I'm thinking Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, I'll check it out. But he's one of those actors he's a great that's actor, like really man. subtle, but like yeah. really good at doing subtle. Like even when he's like just beating the shit out of someone, he's yeah. so calm. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, but he does it so well. I don't know how he does it. Totally. And the thing is, he can play like stoic heroes, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. Whereas he can also play pathetic losers quite brilliantly, like in The Nice Guys. Yeah. His comedic timing is amazing. I don't think he yeah. gets enough credit for how good he is as a comedic 100%, actor. No, yeah. he's, a, he's a great actor, yeah. But so, yeah, so basically yesterday, Trump got arrested, the Barry trailer came out. There is a scene in the season four episode, Lisa versus Mal or season five, I think? Season five, Lisa versus Malibu Stacy, where Ken Brockman is reporting on the news that like um, Lisa's new doll is going to be changing the shape of of dolls and then as a joke he then goes in other news the president got arrested right. which is a joke because like obviously the, the, a, a president being arrested is so ridiculous yeah. you know so yeah basically in that joke obviously Malibu Stacy is there Barbie so yeah, that episode yeah. is like changing the, the shape of Barbie which I think is what Greta Gerwig is trying to do with Barbie and also the president got arrested both of those things happened yesterday so to be fair I don't think that's too sharp of a like Whoa, they predicted the future. It's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty weird. But just goes to show when the show goes on so long, Macarena. Like that happened. Yeah, Macarena's always made that joke. Like, when you've written so many jokes for so many years, sometimes you're going you're to get some things right. Exactly, you know? Yeah. It's bang on. And then another thing is a little funnier than those two, like, not as creepy, is Cypress Hill are currently making active plans to perform with the London Symphony Orchestra to make the Simpsons gag from Homer Palooza a reality. Oh, mad. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> Isn't that great? great? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, if you remember from season seven's Homer Palooza, there's a yeah. bit where they like... I mean, I mean, one of the best episodes. Oh, amazing <laughs> episode, yeah. There's a bit where they announce that they're like doing a tour with the London Symphony Orchestra. They're trying to make that happen just to make that thing a reality. I love it. <laughs> I love it I love so it. much. It's very Cyber Brazil too. Because yeah. they're quite quirky guys. Like, yeah, I love it so much. Yeah, some fun news this week. And jumping into Subs Classics.
We went well. I went on brand. I was yeah, like, I'm either going to go on brand or severely off brand. I yeah, decided to go on brand today. Just yeah, because great. I was in a treehouse horror mood. I think it was the right way to do um, it. Yeah, and we went for the third treehouse horror in the fourth season. I mean, not my favorite, but no, one of the a, best treehouse horrors. Yeah, I would say one of the best. Season four is one of my favorite seasons. I mean, well. no I one it. would argue the argue um, there. It's one of the best seasons of, of any TV show ever, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, but it it was just a a, a classic one. Like mm-hmm. it, it, they do it from like oh that it's like a Halloween party and like each of them tell a story. Yeah, I I, I love that. Um, the first, what was the first one? It was the the, uh, the Child's Play one. Yeah, the Child's Play one. That that's a classic one. That was Crust, great. Crusty. That was my favorite of the three, personally. Actually, same. I think that one holds a special place in my heart. I'm not sure why. Yeah. I just love that one. Crusty yeah. becomes possessed. Crusty um, doll. Crusty yeah. doll, yeah, sorry, becomes possessed and uh, <laughs> tries to murder Homer. Yeah, marriage um, doll's trying to kill me and the toaster is laughing at me. One of my favourite quotes. And, and the most ridiculous thing is that it they get the guy over to fix the doll and it just ends up... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a switch on the back that says good or evil. Yeah. Or oh, somebody accidentally switches thing on evil. Or it's just the wise guy. So actually said this thing on evil. Brings it down to good. And that resolves the whole thing. <laughs> and then Homer becomes the, the evil one because he just makes Krusty his slave. Yeah, he's making food for him. He's like, did you take the dog for a walk? Like, yeah, he, he tried to bury me a few times. <laughs> so good. Yeah, just a great same. I love that one so much. The second one is the King Kong one. King Kong King Homer. One, King Homer. Which so good. really put me in the mood for King Kong. It did actually. I really, I really want to watch, watch the, the Peter Jackson one. I love to see the classic 1931 actually. I, I've never I seen was, it. I've seen it once. Yeah. Let's um, watch it. But yeah, I mean, this is great. It pretty much is a very quick version of what the King Kong King story. Kong, yeah. But they make obvious gags about how convenient aspects of the story is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. It just makes so much sense. Yeah, to be a a, a treehouse of horror segment. Of course, one of the best lines is when Marriage is like joining the the, the shipping crew, and Smithers just goes to Mister Burns. I I I don't think women and semen mix very well. Mister Burns is like, oh, we all know what you think. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, as always, Mister Burns is some of the best bits. Also, the bit where they're he's throwing he's trying to throw a gas bomb at uh, that was Homer. funny. Yeah, come and take this, King Homer, and just like barely throws and it just it attacks him instead. <laughs> and the great bit is when they do the show on Broadway, and obviously he breaks out of his chains and like kills a bunch of people. And it's just Mister Burns in his hotel room, and it's like. I'll tell you this much, I am dreading these reviews. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Which, like. uh, I mean, and that is why Mr. Burns is so great. Because he's just... Exactly. He just has no morals whatsoever. There is a giant gorilla destroying <laughs> the city and killing people. And he's worried about the show's reviews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just all related to him. He's just the most selfish man on the planet. Like. It's a prime example of what, what we were saying is so great about him and why the writers must love it. Because... Yeah. Yeah, just lacks any empathy whatsoever. What makes him so great, totally. Yeah, great segment. Probably my least favorite of the three, but that's just Fair ag- that's just against three fantastic my, my segments. Is I just yeah because they're all great. I don't know if I can compare them because they're all so different really yeah well. yeah totally totally. And the final one is Dial Z for zombies. Yeah, brilliant one where Bart Bart just casts a spell, um, bring all these zombies to life. And this segment, uh, I I teased this earlier, features Mac Greening's favorite line of the whole show and for good reason it's the bit where there's a, the, a zombie Ned Flanders comes up and Homer shoots him and Bart goes oh, dad you killed the zombie Flanders he was a zombie <laughs> it's just just a golden golden right. line and yeah this, this episode, that that segment really it gave me such a um 
like a nostalgic retro horror feeling. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, that's like old school horrors, like Night of the Living Dead yeah, and stuff like that. Like yeah. Old school horrors, but like very light hearted. Like, yeah. It just gave me that nice feeling. Yeah. Describe it. Evil Dead could be a comparison, I guess, because Evil Dead is scary, but it has a sense of humor. True, you know? yeah, but I would still say Evil Dead is still quite scary. More so a horror, yeah. yeah. Army of Darkness, I think, is definitely <laughs> sillier than it is. I don't even know that's a horror film. Yeah, more so a comedy, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, I love, I stand by that film. I love all the, yeah. the, the all the Evil Dead movies. Yeah, I love Sam Raimi and that actor's name, I forget. Bruce Campbell or something? Yeah, Bruce great Campbell. Actor. Yeah, great actor. Yeah, there's three really solid segments. I love the bit at the end. Oh, they finally kill the zombies. It's like, oh, yes, no more zombies. And they just turn on the TV and they're all just zombies watching it. <laughs> they're watching a sitcom, clearly. Yeah. And Homer just goes, huh, man fall over. Funny. <laughs> Which, oh, it's a, a reference to that we're all zombies because we're consuming and uh, TV. I don't think it was done in that <laughs> no, way. No, yeah, no. wasn't trying to make a social commentary. <laughs> it was a little gag. But, yeah, I mean, they're all just great segments. They all made me smile. It's just a solid transport. Little story bits in between are great as well. I love the bit where Lisa's about to tell the story, the child's play one, and it's like, um, this story is about an evil doll. I was like, that's not scary. Like, a possessed doll. I need to go to the store. <laughs> and it has, like, one of my favorite Bart costumes where he's dressed as... Um... Yeah, like amazing. Clockwork Orange, so Malcolm McDowell's character, yeah. Clockwork Orange, yeah, great reference. He's doing, he's doing the exact same as well. <laughs> so good. Uh, I'll just clear them, them giving their tribute to Stanley Kubrick as always. They again, clearly yeah. love him. Yeah, yeah, it's just a great choice of horror all around. It's similar to this one that they just revealed just so much love and every statement is well written. It's so fascinating hearing the, the the writers and the producers talk about season four. They were so nervous about season four because it was the first season where they lost their original writing team. Mm. And they got a new showrunner. The original showrunners was Mac Raining, Sam Simon, James Earl Brooks, and then Al Jean and Mike Reese took over this season. So they were so nervous. The Simpsons had such a legacy that they were so nervous about like killing that legacy. And season four just made the legacy even, even better. better. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was the first season where it properly became good. Amazing. Like, yeah. yeah, there's not a bad episode in the bunch. Like, it's so crazy how nervous they were about it. And, like, they were really, like, not feeling confident about these episodes. And, well, a ton of the episodes of season four are gone on to be considered some of the best episodes exactly, of all time. Yeah. You know? I mean, they were obviously just overthinking. Oh, of course, nat- yeah. Naturally, like as you would, no because you good, had big boots to fill. Yeah, no yeah. good artists so are think, think everything they're making they're perfect. is great. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There, you you have to have a little bit of self doubt in yourself to to create good art. I think. And yeah, that's something that inspires me about hearing people talk about that because I obviously. Like any comedian or any artist, like doubt myself a lot. And hearing people who are like as big as they can get doubting themselves means to go okay that, that feeling doesn't go, go away and that's alright yeah of course you know what I mean? you've always got to have it yeah yeah 100% sadly yeah. what I think makes Afterlife not great it's a good point the fact that he's very cocky Ricky Gervais is thinks yeah, he's amazing think he thinks it's amazing yeah he really does even and when you see him talk about it on Twitter yeah. and stuff he thinks it's sensational and look loads of people really like Afterlife as a critically acclaimed show but personally for me I think it's wanky I don't think it's good no. I think it's wanky I think it's it's obvious it's very Very. like it's almost like a theater and an education piece and when they do losing someone is hard yeah when when they do them like very like rude jokes they are funny they are funny it just just feels like oh he just came up with that and he was oh I have to get this in yeah yeah yeah. get this rude joke in there if it was just that comedy I'd love it but it's that and then like really really hardcore dramatic scenes and I love a good dramedy like I love like Scrubs and Judd Apatow's movies and stuff like that I just don't think it's done quite right in Afterlife 
You no. know, yeah, it's not, I know, this is coming from two people who love Ricky Gervais. I yeah. just wasn't a huge fan of that show. I also just don't like the character of Tony. I actually think he's the worst character in the, in the, in the show. Yeah, he has yeah. no art, he doesn't evolve. Like, I get it, season one, he can't get over his wife, but by season two, he should have gotten he's, over her. Yeah. I want to see the character do new things. He's still in the same position, he's static. Just, yeah, yeah, um, he doesn't progress the plot at and, all. And it's a shame because. We know he's better than this. He made The Office, for Christ's sake. He made Extras, Extras. Derek. Yeah. They're all so much better than Afterlife. Yeah, that he doesn't feel that way. But in my eyes, I feel like he kind of got lazy with yeah. writing that and show. I think that the, the whole self-doubt thing is, is a perfect uh, comparison because he's just very... He's clearly just super confident that anything he does. Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. And he, he reaps the rewards of it, you know? Course, so yeah. why would you start to doubt yourself if everything you bring out wins a bunch of rewards? Yeah. And it's not like he hasn't... It's not, I'm not saying he's laughing either. He, he makes, no, some, some makes no, amazing no. stand-up. You see him in interviews, he's still hilarious. And I have faith that the new shows he's making for Netflix are going to be great too. I'm, I'm glad Art Life is over. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what he does next for Netflix. Yeah. But yes, moving on. Oh, sorry. Just to wrap up this episode, I'd give it a nine as well. Yeah. I think it's a great, great, great tales of horror. It makes me happy. Not my favorite one, but definitely my top ten easily in my top five. Also, just great, great tales of horror. But yeah, moving on to all but the first ten. I have to keep it themed as tales of horror. Also, so I just said my top again. The segment for people who don't know is I do like top three episodes of a certain theme, but they can only be episodes after the tenth season to show that there are still great episodes past um season 10 uh so i went for the top three three as a horror segments okay in the later seasons so number three i went uh, i'm not including the ones in this episode just because that'd be too easy i probably would put simpsons world in the top three to be honest but yeah just excluding it just 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 to give more variety so number three i went for into the homerverse which is in season 32 so it was one that was reviewed in this podcast Mm. would have been with brendan just great great parody of into the Spider-Verse, but they do their own thing with it. Obviously, it's a bunch of different versions of Homer from different dimensions, so that's enough to let you know why this uh, segment is just so good. Number two, one that you would love, Clockwork Yellow, mm. which is from yeah, season 26. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so good. Obviously, it's a parody of Clockwork Orange. It's Homer, Moe, Lenny, and Carol as, like, the, the thugs from that movie, and it's just a love letter to Stanley Kubrick. Like, they threw in as many references as they possibly could. They even got a Barry Lyndon reference in there. Yep. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's fantastic. It's just, it, the, the Trace Award Season 26 in general is one of the best ones. All three segments are fantastic. Was, um, obviously, the best like, one. a lot of this era of Simpsons I've missed. Yeah. Um, but I I have watched that episode because oh, I, you remember, have? I remember seeing it online. I was like, I need to watch that. You check it out, yeah. yeah. You saw the whole thing or just the kind yeah, of the other one? Well... No, I watched the whole episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. If you remember the Barry Lyndon one, it's like, um, they go into like a, a, a Eyes Wide Shut party and start killing people. Yeah. And they, comic guy is dressed as Barry Lyndon, they shoot him in the foot. And the comic guy goes, even I don't know, this is a reference to. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. Because it is, it unfortunately, his least known movie and it really shouldn't be. That's so good. I love it. I, I know it's your favourite yeah. of his movies, yeah. And number one, I went for Sending the Clones. Had to be. Season 14, yes. the one with Homer's clones, where they don't have a belly button. So good. Oh, just Iconic. amazing. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And the way they kill them all at the end is that they make, the government make a giant donut and put it at the edge of the cliff so they all run for the donut and just fall to their <laughs> yeah. death. So, so fantastic. It had to be said in the clones. I mean, could it be anything yeah. else? Just yeah. amazing. Yeah, one of my th- easily top five favorite Treasure Horror segments, full stop. Yeah. Love it so much. But yeah, jumping into the questions. 
So uh, two questions this week, both Simpsons related, so pretty cool. Good. First one comes from uh, Jack Tyak, my good buddy who's a fellow comedian. Uh, he goes, interesting question, if you were Sideshow Bob, how would you try to kill Bart? Well, a lot of Sideshow Bob questions. Um, Recently, yeah, yeah, interestingly. How would I kill, beloved character. How would I kill Bart? How would you kill Bart? I'd suffocate him with his own shorts. With his own shorts. Ah, oh, it's genius. Yeah. I can't top that. He would have eaten his own shorts. Yeah. Ah, very, very good. <laughs> I can't top that. That's the best answer. Maybe like, I don't know, make him eat a whole cow. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's probably would be like a really inventive way to have him actually kill him because it's like he's making him do his own catchphrases. And, and when you know? and when oh, uh, you're going to eat your own shorts. And when he's just about to gasp for his last breath and his eyes are fading away, you say, "Don't have a cow, man." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, we've gone dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, this is uh, this is way too dark. <laughs> but hey, we, we, we got to go for it. It's a dark question anyway. It's stress of horror, so you know, <laughs> make Homer. Strangle him to death. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my brain. We're, we're gonna have to put the little explicit, explicit content warning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make him go like he's crying. Like, why are you little? It strangles yeah, him yeah. to death. <laughs> Absolutely awful. I mean, I actually don't think we could have given a better answer there. Those are three really good solid. ways to kill him. Yeah. yeah. He eats his own shorts. He has a cow, man. <laughs> why are you little? Yeah. That's a great answer. And finally, Los Simpsons uh, is a great meme page uh, that follows us on Instagram. Just goes, I mean, great, great question. Uh, favorite season? You want me to go first? Yeah. I mean, mine is without a doubt, and I've said this before in the podcast, I'm sure, season eight. Season eight is my favorite season of any TV show ever. There's not a bad episode in the bunch. It has my two favorite episodes of the whole show in it, which is the X-Files one and the one where Homer is a chili and starts hallucinating. Yeah, and the fox is voiced by Johnny Cash. So those are my two favorite episodes. But then just every other episode in that season is just great. Has the three hours of horror with um, Citizen Kang in it as well. Yeah, which I love. Yeah, season name without a doubt. I just think it is gloriousness. Uh, Hank Scorpio is also in that season. Frank Grimes, like what? Um, oh, what a season, man! I feel like I can't go for the same as you. Yeah, just give it What's a different answer. The, um, is it season eleven? That's the one where... that you've been doing a couple of classics of recently, yeah. where you've been saying. That you think is a very strong season, yeah. I actually, I'm going to go season eleven just because of how ballsy it is. Yeah, sure. And how, and how different it is, and it's it really is. It's it, chaotic. It's, it's my personal like favorite episodes. It's an uh, air of the Simpsons. I know you you, you. you said your favorite animation style was the style they were at in that yeah, season. Yeah, I just I think the cell animation, and I just like that they were like being a bit more wacky. And yeah, different. Yeah, you have a like, crazy episode. I like, could conventionally season, yeah. sit there and be like, "Well, season four is the best because of these episodes." But yeah, in if, as personal taste goes, yeah, I'd say eleven. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I like that as an answer totally. Yeah. yeah, very wacky episodes. Like you had behind the laughter, which is one of my favorites. The this really like taste behind the scenes of the show and they're all like actors working on it you have the the episode with the bikers in season 11 you know uh, there's so many insane episodes like that the Mel Gibson episode where Homer makes a movie Mel Gibson is there yeah. it is a very very wacky season I think in a great way because at that point you're like we're more than a decade in we need to we need to go fucking bonkers you know what I mean like we, we can do what we want now let's just go crazy you can really yeah. feel that kind of chaotic energy which for some people not in a good way for me I think in a great way they're just, they're just having fun in season 11 you know what I mean oh yeah they really they're are. just having a good time yeah uh, yeah two great questions thank you guys going into the recommendations of the week 
Rock, paper, scissors is out. Yeah, we got to do it. We had a pretty intense one last week, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's maybe <laughs> one of the best rounds of rock, paper, scissors I've ever had in my I, life. I don't know if we can top it. Yeah. Here we go. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, it's a, a match this week. Victory. A, a rare, rare victory. victory. Yeah. We both obviously switched it up. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. This week, I was thinking about what you said to me. Um, I mean, this was probably like a few months ago now. But yeah. It, it stuck with me. You were saying that... Um, Whenever I talk about music, I seem to like light up a bit. You do, and, yeah. You know. mm-hmm. um, so I went for a music recommendation this week. Yeah, cool. Um, I went for something a bit more out there, out there than the usual stuff I might recommend people, just because I Taylor think Swift's it's... Taylor Swift's new album? Like... <laughs> 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 Lana Del Rey's, actually. <laughs> okay, okay. Know, nice. But, <laughs> yeah, Lizzo. No, I wanted to go for something like <laughs> a bit different and... Um, something people might want to be challenged by cool if you like jazz yeah if you like hip-hop if you like indie rock mm-hmm. i recommend this because they blend all three okay and they do it in such a great way so it's a a, a jazz collective from brooklyn called standing on the corner mm, great name um, it's a great name yeah they're not huge they i found them because they collaborated with a few hip-hop artists i listened to right um and basically yeah they they blend all them genres into one Mm. and it's so like one song will be like free jazz poetry and another song will be like a really slow easy lo-fi indie rock track with a few trumpets and like it's super cool it really makes Mm. you feel like you're in like a gritty part of brooklyn yeah and you can tell these guys make music from the heart yeah you know Mm. um i love that and, and they have they have one album which came out in 2017. Oh, they're a newer band then. They're younger. Yeah. Oh. yeah you'd well, think, when you'd I hear jazz, I just assume, assume it's older. Yeah. People in their 50s and 60s, um, yeah. Which is why I think it's it's a cool recommendation because... They're actually modern yeah, and they, they jazz have bands. modern elements. And it's a mm. self-titled album, so it's called Standing on the Corner in 2017. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, it's just, it's great if you want to like challenge yourself and listen to something different. Mm. Um, yeah. Say again, the genres they do, they do rock, indie? So they do uh, like free jazz poetry lo-fi indie rock indie rock um, and hip-hop wow i'm always inspired by artists who don't like what's the word pigeonhole themselves you know they they... and that's talent yeah totally have the capability of making all their genres somehow fit into one album totally it's talent but it's also brave because it can be so easy for us to kind of like typecast ourselves especially as creators i think that you know, even for them, it could be so easy for them to say, okay, we're an indie rock jazz band, and that's all we do. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, as creators, these guys were like, well, I like all these genres of music, so why don't I just create all these genres of music? They even have some salsa in there as well. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fascinating. So it's, it's, yeah, it's really cool. I love that, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, they, 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 they didn't limit themselves at all. They were like, these are the type of musics I enjoy to listen to. Why can't I do them all? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I always, I'm always really inspired by people like that. Cool, yeah. Jimmy, to my recommendation, I have to go for Pearl. Mm. which people who don't know is a prequel to the movie X and it is amazing I, I yeah in my opinion yeah absolutely I loved Pearl so much I need to watch it. Ty West is just a sensational writer director like I liked X I thought it was a very it was a pretty good refreshing horror it has really cool elements in their amazing cast I liked it but I loved Pearl mm. Ty West did a great job and then Mia Goth is sensational in it also yeah, she is incredible incredible yeah. actress but in, in this movie in particular just absolutely annihilates it like it, it's basically a one woman show for her like she has a monologue at the end not to give away too much but she has a monologue that's not, that's not really giving anything away she has a monologue where she speaks for at least five minutes and it is a 
amazing performance. She is. She was she, also a writer on the movie. Really, she's like younger than us, as she wrote this movie she, with Tyrette. Ty she West. has such a um a presence. It's oh. really, really good. Yeah, but she's quite an every moment woman as well. You know, like yeah. she's not like Margot Robbie or Emma Stone or something, where it's like they're almost like goddesses. She 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 seems like a real person. You know, of course, yeah. yeah, just a sensational actress. It's scary, but not like like. X is like jump out of your seat horror. This is like kind of like chilling horror. It's it's, it's more totally kind, yeah. yeah. It's more story driven. It also what well, he does really well. It, it, it's it's like a nineteen fifties almost. It would have been this in the in the thirties I think when the film is set. But it's, it's like a nineteen fifties kind of style. It's like filmed as if it was made in the fifties and the music and the score and everything is love, like that. Love, love. He does it brilliantly. Like, it, it feels like a movie that Alfred Hitchcock would have made. Mm. You know, it, I, I I would imagine it was a tribute, like an inspired by Hitchcock's work. It's just done beautifully. Yeah, I I couldn't recommend Pearl enough. You sold it to me. Great, man. great movie. Yeah, amazing. Was that your only recommendation? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, what well, um, it, it, you're making me think of um, The Witch. The Witch. Yeah, I've seen, seen it. it. No, Robert yeah. Eggers, isn't it? Yeah, that's Annie Taylor Joy. Annie Taylor Joy. Yeah, yeah. It, that's similar thing where it's like not jump scary. It's just pure atmosphere. Yeah, um, yeah. Have you seen The Lighthouse? No, I I haven't seen either. I, I've only seen, seen The, the Northman. North yeah, I mean The Northman's completely different. It's yeah, two films. Would you me, say his worst? And you, yeah, yeah. No, it's still great. Yeah, I, I, I love it's high standard. Like his yeah. films are just my vibe. Yeah, I can't um, wait for Nosferatu. Yeah, I mean, can you get better than casting Willem Dafoe as Nosferatu? Uh, he makes I can't so give much, anyone he better. Makes so much sense to make Nosferatu as well. Yeah, I can't but, give um, anybody better. Than me Willem and Dafoe. you are gonna have to watch The Witch and The Lighthouse. Yeah, 100 percent. I'm, love I'm it. definitely the down. Yeah, is definitely one of my favorites ever. Yeah, yeah. Like movie yeah. as well. Then it could be a future wreck for me. I just have one more recommendation then. I'm currently rereading a fantastic book that I read during the lockdown called Poking a Dead Frog, which is a book about comedy writing that I would recommend absolutely anyone interested in writing comedy, and, and I mean all genres, like film, TV, stand-up, anything, radio, podcasting, highly recommend. But even just if you want to be a writer, if you're more interested in writing drama and stuff, it still is, has really good advice just for being a writer in general. It's a collection of interviews by this writer called Mike Sachs, who is just an amazing interviewer. And has a great way of like getting just really good answers out of his people, and just I guess gets amazing people in this book. Like he interviews James L. Brooks, who's one of the creators of The Simpsons, a bunch of Simpsons writers, Mike Shore, who created The U.S. Office, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Parks and Recreation, just loads of amazing like uh, very established comedy writers. Mm. Stephen Merchant has an interview in there as well. Nice. So loads of different people, and just just a collection of really really good interviews, and it's it's honestly like a bible for comedy writers. I I, I it's it's one that you you, you want to highlight her for because there's just so many yeah, good little tidbits in there. Yeah. yeah, I highly recommend great book, great just a great interviewer and um like honestly the first time I read it I actually genuinely and I, and I can't I've read a lot of books about writing and I can't say it's for most of those books I came out of that reading that book feeling like I know more about writing. Mm. You know what I mean? I know more about how to write how to escalate a good joke or a good story and stuff like that. It's just a great book, well worth read. And he also has another book that I've read called um Fuck, I forget the name. No, it, it's gone. But he has two interview books, basically. The first one is called Poking a Dead Frog, and he made another one as well. I prefer Poking a Dead Frog, but this other one is also great. And I forget the name of it, but just look up Mike Sachs. Um, Mike, S-A-C-K-S, and his two interview books will pop up. They are absolutely well worth your time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Sounds good. I feel like that's all we have to say, guys. Thank you all for joining us for a fantastic Trials of Horror. And... Are you going to top it next year? I mean, I don't know. They have big boots yeah, to, they do, really. to fill. They, they really 
they didn't cut any corners this one and it made me so happy. Mm. Just great to see. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye bye.